0: Howdy gamers. It's Layton here from Layton Night. The podcast that you're currently listening to in case you accidentally stumbled upon this in which case I am sorry, but just wanted to let you know that there is a video version of this episode that is up on our Patreon for all tiers. So if you want to join us over there, depending on the tier, you can get all sorts of cool benefits. We do minisodes every week. We do some fun videos. Uh, You get access to our fan discord and overall it's a really lovely time and we would love to have you there So without any further ado, here is the audio version of this episode So if you want to do the video version, you can go to patreon.com slash late night or not Really, whatever floats your boat. Anyway episode First order of business. Oh, wow.
1: We've never had any orders
2: of business before.
0: (laughs) No, never. No business whatsoever. Nate? Except monkey business.
2: (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Uh,
0: Are you playing the new Zelda?
2: I am not. Okay. Sorry. Cool.
0: (laughs) I I did not want to start with an exclusionary topic, but you know. Well, you know what? I'm not
1: playing it either.
0: (laughs) Because your daughter's too busy playing it? Because
1: my daughter's too busy playing it. Yes. Okay. Well, Well, we can talk about, Leighton, what happened last... Friday.
0: Yeah, that was one of my peaches. It's one of my peaches,
1: too. Wow. Well, okay, we can save some of it for, for them.
2: Don't uncan the peaches
1: yeah. <laughs> immediately.
0: A couple of canned peaches.
1: That's right. We can uncan them and drink that sweet peach juice and let it, like, run down our face and neck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, question. In terms of, like, preserved fruit for you guys, which one is, like, the worst? Like, you got, you got a can of fruit. What's the worst?
1: Pears. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's always, they're too sweet.
0: They're so grainy. Yeah.
1: like a mushy
2: grain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because, like, what I value in a fresh pear is it's crisp. I like a nice, thinly sliced crisp. And then it just makes me think of shitty school lunches where it's like, here's a half <laughs> yep. desiccated, like, dying fish colored pear. Oh. It's the juice. Why they took nature's candy, a
1: piece of fruit, <laughs> And decided to add a thousand percent more sugar on it in this like canned syrup. No. Why? Why are you doing that? It's gross.
0: Fruit cocktail, quote unquote, also is pretty terrible.
1: Yeah. And they're too stingy with the cherries.
0: Yeah. There should be a higher ratio of cherry
2: in there.
1: I will say the cut in the fruit cocktail, the cut peaches are decent. Right?
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't like pears, Period. Peaches, I, I don't really like peaches either, but uh, I'm all about the tangerine and the cherries. Yep. So if they had just tangerine cherry fruit cocktail, I would, that'd be about
1: that. I'm going to write that down. Tangerine cherry is a good band name. So let me just write this down.
0: <laughs> <thing. laughs> the, the winner of all preserved fruit is mandarin oranges. It's like really hard to go wrong with a little Ooh. mandarin orange. The perfect slice. Especially too. there's like, uh, I forget which company does it, but they're the ones that you can put in the fridge. But they do mandarin oranges in coconut water instead of syrup. And that shit's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Because then you can great. drink this little like mandarin orange coconut.
1: I like that a lot. The school lunch has got me thinking. What were your school lunches growing up? So, Nate, you grew up in, do you want to drop a bomb on us here?
2: Uh, South Florida, West Palm South Florida. Gotcha.
1: Wait, do you consider yourself a Southerner, Nate?
2: Geographically, I'm a Southerner, but Florida is one of those places where the further south you go, the less south it becomes. Right. Right. Mm. So, like, central Florida is the south, and then further north than that, that's definitely the south. But it's a little bit different from Palm Beach County and Tampa to the south down to Miami and Naples. Miami
1: is not the south. No. At all. And Key West is like the least south.
2: Yeah. And Miami is hardly the United States as a whole, so <laughs> it could be its own country. Its,
1: it's own deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, Layton, you consider yourself a Southerner, right?
0: Yeah, I'm from North Cackalacky. God, that it Wait, physically what? pained me to say that. I've never heard that You've never before. heard it called North Cackalacky?
1: I have not. Because if you tried to pull that shit in New Jersey, you would
2: get booted <laughs> out of the state.
0: New so Jersey. Lurs-y.
1: Where? Wait, <laughs> who calls it North Cackalacky?
0: I don't know. I heard that
2: Cackalacky. I heard that. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, I'm I'm learning something here. Do people say South Cackalacky? I, I, I think don't so.
0: know. Anyway, that's a phrase that I said and now is on the podcast. So
1: okay. So we have two Southerners and a Yankee. Yeah. Yes. Today.
0: And of, I think, pretty like equidistant ages. So yeah, oh, for you guys, oh, that's true. What was the most dreaded school lunch? What was the, off fuck, Oh, it's this day.
1: I have an immediate answer for that. Yes. Sloppy Joes. Ooh. What is going on with the sloppy Joe? And I'll tell you specifically what it was. It was, there's something about when you get a really rough sloppy Joe about the green peppers in it where they just add the exact wrong flavor to an already dire situation. And they also, they put it on a bun, but you can't eat the bun. It's kind of a red sauce. It's like this, you know, reddish brown sauce, which is neither sweet nor savory. It's exactly at the worst point in between the two within, you know, an undefinable set of spices. Sloppy Joe's were the worst. Everything about, you can't eat one and look okay. So you can't pick it up. If you cut into that with a knife and fork, you're a monster. Yeah, like, you're a who, nerd. who's gonna do that? It's impossible to win with a sloppy Joe. That's my answer.
2: Uh, Okay, so for worse, there was something they would service that was in like these really awful vegetables. It was like perfectly cubed carrots um, and like little green beans and peas. And it had like uh, some kind of meat product in it, but Mm -hmm. it had like no sauce. It was just like vegetable and meat. And it was like, no salt, no nothing. It was so awful. It was, it was like out of a canned vegetable and then like probably like a raccoon out of the dumpster in the back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also like corn and green beans is just like a terrible comp and carrots. There's something about it. I I agree. It's that like individually I like them, but
1: it's when they're clearly, it's like the combination of frozen vegetables together makes it bad.
0: Or it's like the mushy canned peas. Like oh. I thought I I hated peas until I was like, oh, you can just buy like a frozen bag and they're like crisp and good and not green mush.
1: Yeah. You know what? The thing I like the most about peas is their penis.
0: <laughs> <sighs> well, we made it like six minutes into the episode. Before I, I, I said I penis, like that. that's a new <laughs> record. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I'll start with the cheers because it's related to the jeers because they're two very similar items. Best was chicken fries, which were like, it's shaped like a fry, but it's like a chicken tender. So they're really skinny.
1: What? Wow. Like, yeah. a, like at Burger King? Like, they, the like at have...
0: Burger King, yeah. Wow. They wow. were pretty good. Like any school lunch, if it's something that can be dipped in the provided packaged nasty little, you know, barbecue or honey mustard, mm-hmm. then it's, mm-hmm. it's saved. Worst though... Because you would get them mixed up when they would tell you, like, what it is for lunch was chicken dippers, <laughs> which are different and bad.
1: What the fuck is a chicken dipper?
0: Chicken dippers were like, imagine the shape of a chicken nugget, no okay. breading, fake grill marks, and they're wet.
1: Ah. Oh. I don't,
0: what are they wet with? I don't fucking know. It wasn't sauce, they were just wet and floppy. They just were so depressing. And you could see like the congealed goo on the lunch tray.
2: Mm, Industrial wetness.
0: Yeah.
1: Was it chicken (laughs) or chick apostrophe N? That's always the question with those,
2: right?
0: I actually think it might've been chick N dippers. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) They can't spell it because it's legally not chicken.
1: In college, (laughs) in college, sometimes they would serve hamburgs. And we were like, why the fuck aren't they calling them hamburgers? And it turns out the meat wasn't good enough quality <laughs> for them to call it, or at least this was the theory oh, right. <laughs> anyway. I, I don't know how much I believe that, but that was the prevailing idea is that the, the meat wasn't, it, you know, it was grade C instead of B or whatever the fuck it was. Right. My cheers, of course, it, it's, this is, look, this is a pretty popular answer, pizza and fries. You get the square pizza, school lunchroom pizza, which is not good by any stretch of the imagination, but it's the best of a bunch of bad options. And the <laughs> French fries, which are always placed on top of the pizza. Hmm. Right. That was the best. The other thing actually I dreaded, and this is, this is a weird one, bagel and cream cheese, which sometimes what? you get at the snack bar. And here is the problem is they would take a normal sized bagel and put like an entire brick of Philadelphia cream cheese in between it, where it was so much cream (laughs) cheese that people would often bite into it as if it were a sandwich, like a cream cheese sandwich. But there was so much cheese that just the thought of eating it made me ill. I like a light dusting of cream cheese on my Mm. bagel when it's that much. cheese, It was like, oh, a schmear. Indeed, thank you, thank yeah. you for using my culture's word yes. <laughs> for for this. Yes, it, it was indeed a name. Yes,
0: I cringe at that, but also at the same time, like cream cheese and olive sandwich is like one of my favorite. I've never had like, like black
2: olives or green olives.
0: Uh, black olives and green olives chopped up.
2: A tapenade. Yeah, oh, it's indeed. a
0: comfort food because you get the little spots of savory and some oh. of the world. some cream cheese. There's these things that I was obsessed with at my, so I went to two different elementary schools because of redistricting. So I was at a different one for fifth grade, but I would go there early and do the breakfast. But they had these things called bagel fulls. Uh Uh-oh. It looked like a breadstick, but it was a bagel and it was stuffed with cream cheese. Honestly, efficient, genius. Was it hot?
1: Like served warm?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would get like nice and bagel on the outside. And they were good. Sounds good. I wish I could find them in the grocery store now because that was an inefficient little breakfast.
1: Yeah, like pizza rolls, but with bagels.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it was like.
1: Are you old enough, Leighton, to remember the Totina's Pizza Rolls commercial? Which one? Where they have, they're have in the kitchen and they have to be quiet because the parents are like, do you know what I'm talking about, Nate? Yeah. The parents are like sleeping or something and they go to the freezer and they pull out the Totino's pizza rolls. I forget exactly what the setup is, but one kid is like, I guess we can't make these right now. And the other kid is like, he screams,
0: but I love Totino's pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I think I, I, I was not around for that one.
2: The later versions were like super, the kids with like their skateboard helmets on or whatever, like, Totino's pizza rolls, awesome! You know, it's like, <laughs> like extra action packed, like,
1: thanks mom! You guys are both probably too young to, Nate, how old are you?
2: I'm 39.
1: You're probably too young for this still. The heyday of like 80s radness in commercials, (laughs) right? Where people are like, that's way cool, you know, (laughs) which I remember very clearly growing up and kind of existed into the 90s somewhat. But now that aesthetic is back.
2: On my days off, I can get up and have cereal and up, uh, up eat, like, right now it's uh, birthday cake crunch berries from mm-hmm. you know, Captain mm-hmm. Crunch. Dude, that's like my feel-good thing that I get to do on my day off or whatever. And I'll put on whatever cartoons on in the morning. Yes, good. Because uh, I like to keep up, you know, I don't have kids, but I like to keep up with the cartoons because I grew up on cartoons and I love them. And I am very happy to see that a lot of the commercials are the exact same format. As they were when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like almost nothing's changed. Even just that it's so nostalgic.
1: Like kids playing with action figures, that kind of thing, or like, yeah, and, like k- yeah. and like the
2: fast talking announcer and like yep. everything's like exclamated. Yeah.
0: There there are a ton of like just compilations of nineties and early two thousands commercials on YouTube that when I had my CRT regularly plugged in, I would just throw it on there and be like, That's a Haha, great idea. Nostalgia. Oh, but the ones that always stick with me were the like contraption kind of ones. like Oh, yes. One that sticks out to me is like the insect gummy maker.
2: Doctor something's lab or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have
2: no idea. Or it's like a bunch of kids
0: like doing like gross out like, whoa, it's a spider. And then they eat it. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you guys remember the Discovery Channel store? No. Yes. It was like sharper image, but a little bit more kid friendly oh okay but they had you know like make your own soap and make your own candy and all sorts of things like that like I guess now the equivalent is make your own slime which I always
1: see when I go to the store which I I was doing before it was cool just with my body
2: (laughs) (laughs) did you guys either one of you have powdered soap in school
1: yes absolutely no not well sorry not in school it was like camp summer yeah yeah
2: yes Um, And then you mix that with glue and you could turn it into like a bouncy ball or something. (laughs) Really? Oh, oh dude,
1: that's awesome. I didn't know that. You could make like a Super ball out of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I think like when kids are playing with slime, I'm like, that's just a continuation.
1: When I was growing up, I never heard anything about non-Newtonian fluids. And then they take the world by storm. (laughs) Right. And now every fucking YouTuber is making non-Newtonian fluids. That was not a concept I was familiar with as a child. And now Audrey was like, Daddy, can we make a non-Newtonian fluid? I'm like, what? That's, <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes, we can. Because it's, it's like water and cornstarch is like a non-Newtonian. Yeah. Fluid. You guys know what I'm talking about?
2: I thought it goes in like the, the DeLorean or something.
1: <laughs> yes. It's basically, as I understand it, well, one of the signatures of it is like when you apply pressure to it, it kind of firms up.
0: Uh, okay. yeah. yeah.
1: One form of it is called oobleck, I believe, like yes. Dr. Seuss.
0: Yeah. I made oobleck because of yeah. Dr. Seuss in class when I was like seven.
1: Yeah. So now it's like the domain of science influencers.
0: You know, I love slime videos, man. When I'm falling asleep, I love watching a little slime video. But I hate, I hate when they poke it with their fingers. Why? That's the whole point. No, 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 no. I'm fine with, like, kneading it, whatever, like, rolling it out. That's fine. But there's, like, a very specific, like, that they do that I hate. I can't stand it.
1: It's ASMR, but the S stands for slime.
0: Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. I don't know why I'm thinking of this. I guess maybe I'm just thinking about themed class days in the sense of oobleck. But I went to, I guess, it it was some sort of preschool that was attached to a church, Which is why I'm surprised that they did what I'm about to tell you, because it was super churchy and we did a lot of like hymns and stuff. But there was a day where it was like a dinosaur themed day, and we like went and put together like pieces of a skeleton and This is very funny because I was like four, but I was really pissed off because they called it a preschoolosaurus for the dinosaur that we identified. (laughs) But I was like, no, it's an Archaeopteryx, Uh, which was my favorite. But they had like dinosaur egg oatmeal and everyone else was really upset because, you know, I feel like for preschoolers, oatmeal is already mm, and then add like weird little things in it. But I was so stoked and now thinking of dinosaur egg oatmeal is kind of horrifying to what me. What the fuck
1: is I don't even understand what it is. It's like oatmeal with
0: it's fucky kind of little bit. Ca- candies. What the hell were the eggs made out of? Oh, I think they're like yogurt-covered raisins. Oh, that sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, that's not terrible. Okay, it's like, oh my god, this picture that I'm looking at, it looks disgusting though. What a shock. <laughs> you know, oatmeal. I don't fuck with it. Do you guys fuck with oatmeal?
1: No. And, and there's a specific reason why. Without flavors, it's inedible. And with flavors, it's even worse. And mm, yeah. that's the problem. When I think of oatmeal, I think of summer camp, hikes, prepackaged oatmeal, like for breakfast with, you know, dump boiling water in it. It's easy and it sucks. So yeah. you can get your whatever brown sugar oatmeal, bad.
0: Raisins, super bad.
1: Super bad. Strawberries and cream, no.
0: Peach, travesty.
1: Terrible. Cinnamon, I don't like cinnamon, so I wouldn't know, but I assume it's terrible. All the flavors, awful. And and then you have to couple those with the worst texture imaginable as well. (laughs) And if you get the mixture wrong with the water, it's either like glue, like paste, or it's so drippy that it's viscerally upsetting.
0: (laughs) I'm upset just talking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's introduce the show here, everybody. This is... Late at night with Brian Wecht,
0: your number one destination for oatmeal chat on the internet.
1: Yes, for that's right. As always, now now and forever, just <laughs> like cats. Well, if you don't understand that reference, I'll explain it in a moment. My name is Brian Wecht. Across from me, we have Leighton Gray.
0: Hi, that's me, oatmeal enthusiast checking in. Mystery guest, who I'm so so happy to see today. Would you care to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. My name is Nate Hansen. Um, <laughs> I am uh, friends with you guys. Yep. And you invited me on to have a good time. So that's what I'm going to do. I also am Aaron's brother, which is how I met you guys.
1: For the remainder of this podcast, we'll be referred to as he who shall not be named. <laughs> he who shall we not will, be We named. will not say that name. And I almost, <laughs> almost said it anymore. He who that, shall not who, be named.
2: That goofball.
1: Yes. That guy. Yeah. That guy. That, guy. that yeah. fucking yeah. guy. Yes. And we all hung out recently in Tampa. We did at mm-hmm. Creator Clash and had such a great time. We've been in a Discord server for a little bit uh, together for probably a year or two now, and it was awesome to actually see each other in person for for the first time.
2: Is the first time I ever met Brian? Yep, which was really awesome. And the really this only the second time that I got to hang out with Layton.
0: Yeah, but then we went to the Bahamas together.
2: That's right, and, and we had yeah. a
0: wonderful little gamer squad, and it was amazing. We did. I
1: heard Leighton's Bahamas take. How was the Bahamas? Like, what did you guys do?
2: So the Bahamas was amazing. I, at first, other than the company I was in, was not super excited to go to the Bahamas. I live closer to the Bahamas than I do to where I work, for one, which is a really <laughs> weird thing to think about. Like,
1: wow. You're going to have to unpack that
2: <laughs> I live about an hour from work, so it's about 60 miles. Mm-hmm. And I live like... 50 miles from the Bahamas. Wow. Technically, yeah. I grew up in South Florida, so tropical environments that look similar to Florida, it's kind of like whatever. But again, the company I was in was exciting. So we went over there, stayed at this really nice, beautiful tower that's right on the beach there. And we just hung out and...
0: It was a big gamer slumber party. It was. That's, that's exactly what it was, yeah.
2: And... Leighton and Susie, they were like, I, I would call them like little tropical witches. <laughs> I mean, <they> were, <laughs> it was like, it reminded me a little bit of, um, have you ever seen that Portlandia skit with Danzig? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> it was like the, like the goths go to the beach and then uh, yes. Danzig gives them like billabong outfits and stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the vibe.
2: Yeah, it was It was such a vibe. It was so cool.
1: Well, I remember when you guys got back, I asked you, Leighton, I was like, what did you... Where? Because I was not even aware that you owned a swimsuit.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. I had the babushka thing going for most of it. And you know what? It protected my neck. So none of us got horrifically sunburned, which I'm very surprised by because we're all incredibly white. The, I just, I keep thinking about when we were going through the not so lazy river multiple times in a row. <laughs> yeah. Was that like part of the
1: hotel? Like a...
0: Okay. It was advertised as a lazy river. Mm-hmm. It was not a lazy river. Mm-hmm. It had periods of lazing, but then it would get really aggressive and have rapids, which was cool. But you had to get out of the river and walk to go start the river again. So it was not like a true continuous... Yeah, right? Wait, how far is the walk? I mean, it was not that far, but I have to get out of the water? Still, no, no.
1: You got to laze all the way around, or at least have some kind of lock situation where you can adjust the heights. Yeah, And
2: there's there's like a rapid section... A couple of us got a couple of scrapes and bumps <laughs> from it.
0: Yeah, got you got hit pretty up. bad, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. My butt was like sinking through the tube and it just like <laughs> smacked onto the rock. And then I also hit like my elbow or something.
1: The one time I've ever been to Hawaii uh, was when MSP was touring through there. And then Rachel and Audrey flew over and met me and we stayed on Maui for a little bit. And we stayed at this hotel that had like a water slide, which was kind of the same thing where you're like, Oh, fun, a water slide, except it was secretly brutal. And we would sit by the pool and watch <laughs> middle aged people get annihilated <laughs> by this water slide, like catch air and then land before the water. Like it'd come down and be like boom on the water slide. And then uh-huh. then go into the water. And I watched a lot of like dudes who were probably around 50 be like, oh my God, and like have to limp out of the water. <laughs> I love it when they do that.
0: That sounds like top tier entertainment.
1: It was pretty great because a lot of them, you know, it's like people were sort of, it was a hotel in Hawaii. People were kind of growing out and it was fun to watch people get their comeuppance for being too cocky <laughs> about how, how fast they could go down this water slide.
2: There was a thought on the, on the river that I was like, there's no way they could have this in the U.S. because it, someone would have immediately sued somebody else. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes, you know we we kept like trying to hang on into our unit of inner tubes of everybody grabbing each other's handles. So I feel like most of that lazy river was all of us like being like, "No, Susie." Yeah. Well, I'm actually
1: interested, Nate. So uh, Layden described a couple incidents where she maybe had more to drink than she anticipated, and I'm curious what your experience of drunk Layden was.
2: Well, I can tell you for starters, I was right there with her. <laughs> Those my ties kept coming. At least that particular night or day, we were at the cabana, and uh, it was just such a nice setup. This lady that kept bringing us drinks, she was really nice, um, and she was just like, "All right, more my ties, more my ties." They started kind of like piling up because we weren't mm-hmm. drinking them fast enough, and then there was just.
0: But I kept bringing them.
2: Yeah, just like it, take up my time, take a sip there, whatever. There was
0: a spare pina colada that just got left because Nate and I were sitting together. And so it was just like drinking both at once. Like, this is a good idea. I'm not going to regret this. Okay,
1: I don't know what you're like drunk. Because... We have never been in that situation. So You've been I was curious. Me
0: drunk once, but I was having girl talk. This was at Tiki T.
1: Yes, right. So you were off with another person. Yes. And so I didn't really get to experience you drunk.
2: I feel like she was pretty much the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: She wasn't a woo girl or uh, dancing around or anything. We were just laying in the. It was a vibe. We were just laying in the beach chairs and drinking. We talked about music.
0: Yeah, we cool. did.
2: Yeah, and I almost didn't. Realized that she was that drunk until we got back to the hotel room.
0: <laughs> hey, And then I was throwing up the rest <laughs> of the night. That was only because she was getting sick. But yeah. Other than
2: that, I wouldn't... She wasn't stumbling.
0: <laughs> really? Well, that's good to hear because I felt like I was fucking... I was wasted. <laughs> but I we went to that little, you know, the sundry store and I was just loading up on snacks for everybody. Uh, and then accidentally bought peanut M&M's and it wasn't until Ethan was like, Maybe move those, and I was like, fuck, I almost killed each other. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. Nate, here's here's a question for you. What do you think I'm like when I'm drunk? What do I
2: think you're like when you're drunk? Yeah,
1: so what kind of drunk am I? And I'll I'll be honest, I don't get drunk very often, Mm -hmm. but what's my personality when I'm drunk?
2: I would guess that you are excessively chatty and very friendly. I feel like already you you don't have a huge problem talking to just anybody, but... That's true. I would think that you would maybe approach somebody that you wouldn't otherwise talk to and talk to them, Or right? Yes. I think you'd be like a pretty fun drunk.
1: Well, I think I'm fun. And therein lies the problem.
0: Well, yes, because I was going to say, I know that I have not been around you drunk, but I know that your answer to this question is, is that you're accidentally mean. <laughs>
1: Correct. I think I'm being very funny. And I discover later that what I perceive as a constant string of lighthearted jokes comes across as much more aggressive than I intended. And I'm never cruel, but my style of humor is already fairly deadpan. Mm. And when that knob gets turned all the way to the right, it's not fun for anybody except me. And that that is often what being drunk does to me,
2: I see. but it's always it's always lighthearted. It's just maybe the filter to make it a little more appropriate to the situation is turned off.
1: Yeah, the talking to anybody thing is absolutely right, hundred uh, percent. I'm already already like talking to people, and I will certainly approach people that I otherwise might not. But not everybody is on that wavelength already, much less you know. Ready for it?
0: Yeah, I think I definitely because despite being able to fake being on, I am very afraid of talking to people. So once I'm drunk, that goes away, and then it's like, haha, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Especially at the wedding that we went to last year, I was just drunk enough, and it was just like, I don't know you. What's going on?
1: <laughs> Hopefully in a charming way, but I don't. I, know. I don't remember you being anything but charming.
2: At that, <laughs> thank you. I can tell you with, for my kind of drunk, I'm a very happy, easy, I, I definitely open up more. And I've been in situations a lot, particularly in the military, where the people I'm with become not fun drunks.
1: Oh, yeah. Like very aggressive.
2: Yeah. And it just ruins everything. And it's like, if I was that person, I wouldn't never drink.
1: Yeah, totally. Can you, if you want to, just say real quick what your military experience was? What did you do?
2: So I was in the military for 12 years. I was an air traffic controller. Um, I belonged to this specialized unit where we would, we would train within 72 hours. We could be anywhere in the world setting up an airfield. It's amazing. And then wow. we would bring in planes to start building a base or whatever the mission called for. But what was cool about it and kind of separated us from other air traffic controllers in the military was we got trained to do everything. We were a combat-ready squadron. It made it like a lot more fun than just controlling. I got to learn how to like survey all the, the combat aspects of it. Um, I learned how to run like communication stuff and you kind of get to become a jack of all trades. And that was cool to me to pick up all the skills from doing that.
1: So you had to like put down runways and shit.
2: Well, I didn't like pave runways or anything. We would come in and set up something like a field. So the planes would land on grass and all that. And if it was a, if, the mission called for it. Then the engineers would come in and start building a runway. But if it was wow. more often than not, it would be we initially go into like a field or an old airport that we took over, or like a enemy's airfield. Yeah. Take it over, stuff like that. That was our mission. I never took over firsthand an enemy's airfield, but right.
1: Was that a fun challenge to do? I don't know if fun is the right word. You know,
2: I, I would say fun. I had fun at times doing it. And I think that was just because of the kind of person that I am. Yeah. It was scary a lot too, but I do kind of what I do now. I'm an air traffic controller now as mm-hmm. a civilian, but you get shot at doing it.
1: Right. <laughs> it <laughs> kind of adds
2: a little bit of an extra element of uh, stress to it, I guess. Yeah.
1: Were you like a, a plane guy growing up?
2: Oh like yeah. obsessed
1: with planes? Yes. Yeah.
2: I was obsessed with airplanes. I still am. hmm Become a little bit jaded towards it because sure. you know, but that's also because I work, I work in a radar facility so I don't get to see the planes.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, something that you were telling me about that was really interesting to me was when you were showing the, the app with all of the different air traffic feeds and talking about like nerds who faithfully <laughs> listen to them. Will you talk about that a little bit? Because oh, I yeah, it was okay. really funny.
2: <laughs> so whenever something happens, everything that we do is recorded. Every keystroke, every letter that I type, everything I say both on the radio and off the radio, when I'm sitting down working, airplanes is recorded. Mm-hmm. But now, because, you know, with the, the way things have progressed in technology and internet now, you can go on an app or on a website and in real time listen to controllers anywhere. Amazing. Working, like right now. And it also gets archived. And there are people that sit there and just listen. It's like their hobby. And it's like anything you do, someone could be listening other than the pilots that you're talking to. And then if you said something funny or maybe you screwed up or whatever, people go put it on the internet and like, listen to what happened at this moment.
1: (laughs) Can you, when you're doing that, can you like, how much non-technical stuff can you say? Like, if you're just talking about random shit, that's probably a bad thing in general, right?
2: Well, I mean, when you're transmitting, talking to aircraft, you keep it professional when most part we have, specified phraseology that we use because we're working airplanes and pilots from all over the world. And some of them, English is not their first language. Right. And what you're doing is very fast and, you know, important to safety. So you need to make sure that they understand it. And there's, there's subtleties in the way you say things that if I said it to like a, a pilot flying for, you know, like a U.S. airline, that if I talk to a pilot flying in a Brazilian airline, he may not pick up what I'm trying to convey. Right. And that could be an issue um so we have you know very specific ways of speaking but there there's times where plain english is is what you need to do.
1: just to be specific so a brazilian airline is like when you take the hair off of a regular airline
2: is that is that right <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, yeah right. Okay.
1: thank you very much sorry that's your one yeah i get one every episode and that's that's my one
0: <laughs> you almost blew it on penis 3 minutes in or whenever i don't that remember was. ever saying
1: that <laughs> What are some of the uh, the phrases? Not like, We don't have to talk about this. Obviously, this is something you do most of your day. So if this is all boring to you, we can move on. No, I
2: mean, I, I talk about it. The thing is right now, too, we need people to do it. We're very short-staffed and it's going to continue to be an issue until we can hire more people.
1: What's the training? Like how many years, etc. of training do you need?
2: First of all, you don't have to have any experience to be hired as a controller. You need to have work experience. You can work at the grocery store, or Taco Bell, or whatever—you just have really? to have like it. I think it's—I think it's a year or two years of working somewhere, huh? And then you can apply when they have open enrollment. And if you get picked, you have to go through a uh, medical, which you have to do every now it's every two years. You get a the same thing that pilots get. You get a class two medical, so through the FAA, um, you have to take a psych evaluation. And then you take an aptitude test. And if you pass all that, then you go to the FAA Academy, which is in Oklahoma City, and they train you. They pay for you to be there. They put you up and they teach you the basics of whatever kind of facility you're going to. You can go to a radar facility or a tower facility. And then if you pass the Academy, then you go to your facility and then you train. And my facility training takes about three years.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: From when you get to the facility to when you can check out as a controller, it's usually like two and a half to three years.
1: Wow. And you're in Oklahoma City that whole time or no?
2: No. So you go to Oklahoma City for like four or five months. It's like a a, a classroom. They have simulators. Mm -hmm. First you do classroom and then uh, you spend all your time in the simulators and you run scenarios and that's how you learn. And then you get evaluated at the end. And if you pass that, then you move on to your facility. And then when you get to your facility, then you have on-the-job training that classroom and working live aircraft with a trainer plugged in behind you. Um, and that takes about two and a half to three years at my facility. There's, if you go to a, a smaller tower or whatever, that can take a year. It can take less than that.
1: Yeah. With that kind of job, it always strikes me, and tell me if this is true, that once you have the technical knowledge, the real struggle, the real hard thing to do is like pay attention for an extended period of time. Is that true?
2: It's a lot of problem solving because it's never the same. You know, you can have two planes that are coming at each other, a tide. to just be real basic with it. And you have to figure out who's going to be first, who's going to be second. And then how are you going to make that happen? Plus, you have to consider all the other planes that are around them. Also, weather, also the needs of the other facilities. Um,
1: So are you doing calculations real time or do you plug it like you have a computer that's I would assume, assisting you with some of this.
2: We have some automation where it gives you information to make decisions. We're the ones making the decisions of where planes go, where to turn them or how to clear them, whatever, how to deconflict them. But we're, we're, we have information that's given to us as far as like the, the plane, that it'll compute out like their speed and the route that they're on and see, is it going to be a conflict in like five minutes with another plane, stuff like that. But Ultimately, especially like the sectors that I work where we sequence aircraft into a terminal environment, which would be like we would take planes that are up high and descend them to land into the airports. So we give them to another facility that lines them up for the runway and then they land. But to get to that point, we have to take a bunch of planes from all different directions and get them lined up to get into that environment.
1: Yeah. You might be the first person we've ever had on the show who actually does something.
2: You know, That's, like Jesus Christ, Brian,
1: like, wow. you know, or you know what? Like people's lives are in your hands. Everyone else we have is like, you know, we make stuff for the internet or music or whatever, <laughs> which is great, but you're actually doing something important.
2: Well, thank you. But you know, it's just, it's a job. I like doing it. I'm pretty good at it. You don't have to be smart to do it. I'm definitely not that smart. And that cut dude. Come on. It's more about how you can process smart. information.
1: Trust me. I, I've hung out with a lot of smart people. You're smart.
2: Well, I, did have, I did have that uh, question that I was very shy about asking you at the, I don't know if you remember at the concert. <laughs> about the, uh,
1: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remind me what the, it was. The quark oh,
2: gluon plasma. Yes.
1: Right. Yes. Ask again. I can answer it in front of God and everybody.
2: Yes. Cause <laughs> it, it took it took you like four tiers of dumbing it down to the point that I finally <laughs> understood it. I was reading in a scientific America about how at the lab in Long Island. Livermore. Is it Livermore? Or is it Stony Brook?
0: Both sound fake. Is that right?
2: <laughs> I think Lawrence, hold on.
0: Both sound like fake mental institutions Let in me like a horror sure. movie. Well, it's a
2: particle accelerator and it blows my mind <laughs> that this thing is on Long Island. I still don't know if the correct word is discovered or recreated or made or what, but there's this stuff called quark gluon plasma
1: Brookhaven. Brookhaven. I'm sorry. Brookhaven. It's Brookhaven. That's, that's it. it. Yeah.
2: It happened in the first like 10th of a second of the beginning of the universe. And that's the only time it ever existed, at least in our solar system universe, whatever. But they created it in this collider and they said that it was 4 trillion degrees Kelvin, which is like, I don't even know how many times hotter than the sun. And my question okay. was, how can you do that, and the Earth doesn't explode? Even if that was for like a tenth of a second, that there'd just be so much energy that it would just blow up the world. But.
1: Yeah. Well, and my answer, which I won't get into the long deal now, but it's because it exists for such a short period of time that I mean, if you think about, there's a complicated definition. I can't. If by the way, if what I say now completely contradicts what I told you, you know, when we <laughs> talked about this before, I apologize. But Temperature and energy are not quite the same thing. For one thing, they're related, but they're not the same, right? Saying this thing has a high temperature is not exactly the same as saying it has a lot of energy, although there is a relation there. So there's a distinction between the two of them. And the other is that even if something was really hot, if it dissipates very, very quickly, then that energy, you know, it's going somewhere and it's not necessarily enough time for it to melt thing, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So there's there's a lot of complicated things that go into what exactly that is but I'm very familiar with you know it's like one i forget exactly you know one 10 to the minus 15 seconds or something like that which is great I know that interval very, very well cuz that's how long it takes me to have sex <laughs> Thank you very much Dr. wicked, I presume <laughs> Yeah that's right yeah So yeah that stuff is 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 really amazing and you know it's a state of matter that people it should have existed in the early universe, and they have created it very briefly in these particle accelerators. So that's awesome. What, what it is, by the way, is just it's a hot soup of quarks and gluons, quarks being the constituents of protons and neutrons and gluons being the messenger particles that bind them together. And if it's hot enough, just like if you put a lot of energy into a hydrogen atom, it rips the electron and the proton apart. If you put enough energy into like a bunch of protons, it rips the quarks apart. And then you just get a bunch of loose, free-flowing quarks and gluons moving all around.
0: How do we know that the quarks and gluons existed at the beginning of the universe or whatever? Like, how do we know that?
1: That's a good question. So what we can see is the basically high temperature and high energies are the same as very small distances. And by that, for example, if you take two protons and you move them toward each other slowly, they just kind of repel each other and then fly away. But if you smash them into each other at high enough temperatures... If there's stuff inside them, then they can overcome that electromagnetic repulsion and the stuff inside should interact. So what you do is you have a theory that says, okay, I think this is what's going on inside and this is what should happen. And you see when you smash protons or whatever into each other, the stuff that comes out. And if it's consistent with your theory, then it looks like, okay, there's stuff inside and this is what properties it has. So what we can say pretty definitively now, is there's stuff inside a proton. A proton is not a fundamental particle. And we know, you know, we, we have six different types of quarks, up, down, charm, strange, top, bottom. And this is how they interact with different things and blah, blah, blah. There's different parameters and the way they bind to other stuff. And you can start tuning these things based on what you see fly out of uh, particle accelerators. So it's it's a quite it's an open question. You know, for a while people thought maybe there are two quarks, okay, maybe there's four, maybe the blah blah blah. You know, you have to keep adjusting your theory until it matches the data. But the what's called the quark model now, which is a specific type of thing that lives inside protons and neutrons is established beyond any reasonable doubt at this point. But that wasn't true until the 70s or so is when this really got locked in and the last like quark to be discovered, the heaviest quark, the top quark, which decays quickly, that wasn't found till the 90s. So, you know, you keep hypothesizing things and then going to try to find them and say, yeah, we found it, or oops, it's not there. I guess we got to figure something else out. And so the idea is that in the early universe, it was so hot that protons couldn't stick together. And so then it's just a soup of the stuff inside them, protons, neutrons, all that stuff.
2: It blows my mind that a team of people Figured that out and made that happen in a lab, and then they went home, and then their neighbor is a flat earther. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well,
0: wait. So, Brian, you're describing types of quarks. Did you say strange and charming were, were types? Char- of? Yeah.
1: So, there are six different types of quarks, what are called flavors of quarks up, down. Those are the ones up and down quarks make up the proton and the neutron. A proton is two ups and a down, a neutron is one up and two downs and those are bound together. And it turns out for quarks, for regular quarks, as in not anti-quarks, they have to be in groups of three for reasons I'm not going to get into, because they have to be neutral in some kind of generalized version of electric charge. So with quarks, we know there are six different flavors of quarks, up, down, charm, strange, top, bottom. And they exist in pairs. And it's this thing about the standard model of particle physics, but there's kind of three copies of everything so there's an electron right we know electron it's a fundamental particle there's a heavier version of electron called the muon and then there's a heavier version of the muon called the tau and there are corresponding neutrinos for each it's like these three groups and the three groups of quarks which exist in pairs are up down charm strange top bottom which have specific electrical charges and bindings and different properties but they kind of are like little parallel versions of each other and roughly not roughly speaking, but up and down are the lightest, then charm and strange, and then top and bottom. And everything you know in the world basically is made up of up and down quarks, but the other ones are there too. They just decay faster.
0: Wow. We're covering all the fucking bases on this episode. Yeah, we are.
2: (laughs) Hell yeah, we are. (laughs) We're digging deep. Also, by the way, it wasn't lost on me that I actually had access to a theoretical physicist to ask him in person. (laughs) But a one-up on that is that I got to ask Trey Magnifique that question. Well, that's true. Indeed. Who is now the, the number one sexy sax man. He's better than the sexy sax man. That's exactly right. So,
1: actually, do something special this week. It's a new segment on the show. It's something I wanted to do specifically because we have a very special guest this week. This is a segment where we get to delve into our spiciest, hottest takes. You know, the takes that are really going to make people mad. And I took the liberty of creating a theme song for this segment, which actually has the the name of the of the segment in it. I'm going to play it for you right now. Mm. Uh. Mm. Cancel me, Daddy. <laughs> so that's right. It's time for our new segment, Cancel Me, Daddy, where we come up with our spiciest, hottest ticks.
0: I. Hold
1: on. Um, uh, (laughs) um, Cancel me, daddy. Wow.
0: That's a a late night first. Um, This isn't, though. uh, um,
1: Cancel me, daddy. Sorry, you were saying. And I promise I'm not going to play it again. <laughs> you
0: motherfucker. Uh, you know, this is a first for late night. I don't think you've ever debuted a theme song, let alone. No, I won't say that because you'll argue with me on it. You've never debuted never. a theme song. I would song. never. I would never. <laughs> shut up. I would never <laughs> argue with you. I would not, never argue with you. Not even once. You know, I commend you. There's no way for me to win here, but... I commend you. Very I good dis- theme disagree song. disagree strongly. I, because you're the the progenitor of this very funny bit, would you like to go first with your cancelable takes?
1: Oh, sure. I'm going to wing these uh, mm-hmm. off the cuff. The first one I'd like to say is uh, music is bad. <laughs> and I don't think anybody should be listening to it. If you listen to music, you're not only a bad person, you're a weak person. <laughs> Right. It's like, can't you just live in the real world without music?
0: If God wanted you to hear music. They,
1: they, they they would be playing music constantly. Right. But where is it? It's not there. So that's my, that's my take is, and I know some people out there might get all weird about it, but.
0: You just can't say anything on the internet anymore, Yeah, you can't say
1: anything anymore, but I'm going to say music is bad. And if you like music, (laughs) you're bad. (laughs) Cancel me, daddy.
0: So does the theme song that you just played, does that count as music? No. What would you call that?
1: That's a song. Those are (laughs) just... Okay.
0: Okay. All right. Layton. I don't know how to possibly follow that scorching hot take. Um... Let's see. To break kayfabe a little bit. I have some genuine, very controversial takes that I can't say on this show. Mm-hmm. I also don't want to rip off your bit because I was going to go for video games are bad and art is bad because it's blasphemy to depict <laughs> <laughs> to, de- to depict human <laughs> figures. Uh-huh. And I'll reserve my actually cancelable takes.
1: Can you give us a hint? Just a little hint at what one of your cancelable takes I'll, is.
0: I'll say it, but you it has to be cut out.
1: Jarek, don't cut this out.
0: <laughs> That's my line, and I'm sticking oh, to it. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I don't know. Nate, do you have any cancelable takes?
2: Uh, I would say maybe canceling the cancel me daddy. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wait, your take is that we should cancel, cancel me, daddy?
2: Cancel, cancel me, daddy, because it falls under music. Yeah.
0: Oh, also, at the at the beginning of every single episode with a guest, Brian, you say, we're not here to, you know, do gotcha journalism. Right. Is this segment not yes. premise gotcha He's tra- journalism?
2: He He's trapping me. He's going to yeah, ruin my <laughs> career here.
0: You have
1: indeed found the fatal flaw with this segment, which is that. Nothing we say in it could possibly make it into the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Maybe this is something that like very much frustrates me about the internet, but it's like person knows that they have a terrible opinion. Person posts terrible opinion. Act surprised when people react badly to terrible opinion. The thing that you do with your cancelable opinions is you tell them to your friends in private. Yes. <laughs> and you don't say them online and then get upset when everyone's mad at you. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I think- all the time how and this is not because of cancellation necessarily all my best comedic work is done for an audience <laughs> of 2 to 3 people over text message and yes. that that is me at the top of my comedy game that stuff that generally and not because it's super problematic or anything but just because like we were saying before I don't want to deal with it <laughs> right i don't want to deal with people arguing with me so you know Anyway, this is precisely the kind of thing Nate. We told you we wouldn't do, so we're going to move on.
2: I had my publicist watch the show a couple times, <laughs> yeah, right. um, and they didn't warn me about a uh, "cancel me, daddy's" uh, segment. So, uh, cancel me, daddy. It's pretty fire, though. I got to admit,
0: it is pretty. I'd I'd say it's the best base work of any of our themes. Oh, thanks.
1: I'll show you a little bit uh, behind the curtain here. That is a guitar loop I got off of Splice and then put in the, that's a synth bass, the Mm -hmm. synth bass that I did on this whole number over here. And then uh, added some electronic drums.
0: That sounds like music to me. I might even venture to say that now that's what I call music. (laughs) or is or is the now emphasized about are they still making that we've had this exact discussion on yes, the show. Yes, I believe they, they got up to like
1: 47 notes? or something and then yeah. they realized nobody buys albums cuz everyone would just listen to that on a playlist.
0: Now that's what I call the birth of the streaming platform. I tried to make it like
1: a little uncomfortably sexual, which is one of my favorite genres. Like what why is there moaning in this Porn yeah. funk? Yeah, exactly. I wonder, and I'm sure someone has done a, a discussion of this, how did that become like the generic porn, the boom, chicka, wah, wah, or whatever it is? What is it? Wah, chicka, bah, bah, whatever people say is like now the generic porn thing. And I feel like that wasn't a thing 20 years ago. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, If someone says something like sort of sexual and someone goes, boom, chicka, wah, wah, you're like, oh, they're doing porn music. When did that become a shibboleth?
0: Interesting, because mm. I feel like the post-2000 equivalent of porn music is like really muffled cell phone, like R&B. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. if we're going to be accurate <laughs> about how most porn is, if there is music, it is shit you do not wish to hear at the lowest quality possible.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm sure there must be a an investigative article about this.
2: So what wasn't like... uh the 80s, uh, that out in California in the valley that was like kind of the center for porn. I think maybe just the vibe it was, and it was always like some guy with like the big lapels and
1: yeah, like boogie like, nights, yeah, used style. car salesman yeah, yeah.
2: suit. <laughs> yeah, and I think the music kind of went along with that. The type of person that would listen to kind of like a, a sleazy funk, yeah,
1: it must have been something they could get like cheap though. Right, they, right, right.
2: Well, that's the difference too, because that kind of music doesn't sound like a tower of power, or like you no. know, it's like a real basic kind of kind of cheap funk.
0: You can just look up like '70s porno music on Spotify, and oh, it's it's, it's great. great. It's amazing. It's yes. really good. But I feel like it would make sense if that was cheap for them. It's just like I don't, don't force the music on me while I'm. <sighs>
1: We, we should look this up. There's a, a movie which has a great uh, soundtrack called Vampiros Lesbos. Oh my uh, God, that movie right?
0: fucking rules. Yeah,
1: and the soundtrack's amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I watched that movie on maybe 50 milligrams of edibles and I don't remember shit other than I loved it. And the poster's amazing and the music's great.
1: poster's amazing. I've never seen the movie. I've only heard the soundtrack. And it is exactly in that, like, what I'm reading right now. It's from 1971, which is... Kind of when music peaked. <laughs> and it's just exactly that, like, early 70s kind of... It's disco hasn't happened yet, but it's funky. It's great. Very analog sounding. I love it.
0: <sighs> Amazing.
1: We should move on to real segments.
0: I think Cancel Me Daddy was a real segment. I just wasn't well, thank emotionally... thank
1: you. Thank you. I
0: just wasn't emotionally prepared for it. And if if you ever want to spring it on people again... Uh, oh, I definitely do. I, like I just... <laughs> I just need like a little bit of preparation to come up with palatably boring hot takes, mm-hmm. which I guess is most of the show. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Uh, well, our first, our second real segment of the show is our pop culture recommendation segment. This is where you get to talk about a book, a movie, a video game, something you've been enjoying recently. The segment is called What's Poppin'? And the theme song goes here. Now, normally we would put this theme song in, it in post- but because we have a special guest this week, I'm going to play the theme song right now. Cancel Me Daddy. It's called What's Poppin'.
0: <laughs> I got to admit that your delivery on Cancel Me Daddy is really yeah. appropriately gross. Thank you. That. That's what I was going for. <laughs> appropriately gross.
1: That's a good t-shirt.
0: Appropriately gross. Yes. Yes. What's poppin' for me, I have two episodes of the final season of Better Call Saul left, so I can't substantively discuss the final Everybody season. Everybody dies. Shocking. <laughs>
1: um. it's, a, it's a prequel to Breaking Bad. Everybody, <laughs> including dies. Saul, Huge dies. Huge curveball. Yes. Mike dies. It's his ghost that's in Breaking Bad.
0: His yeah. force ghost. Yeah. No, but season six has been fucking amazing. That's not my true what's poppin'. I just needed to ear it because on some impending mini, we have to talk about it once I finish. But what's poppin' for me is Margaret Atwood's book, Oryx and Crake, which is a fun little dystopian, really fucked up. It's a trilogy, but here's my cancel me daddy take. I don't fuck with a trilogy. If you can't uh-huh. get it out in one book, don't do it. Wow. <laughs> that- I don't even know how much I actually believe that. But anytime I read something and it's like part one of a trilogy, I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'm good. I don't need this. I don't want to read the first two chapters of the second book. Feels like a lot. I agree. Wrap it up. But I really like Margaret Atwood's writing. I like Handmaid's Tale a lot. And I think maybe I'm primarily recommending this or primarily liked it because reading it, I was like, this is just like Fallout New Vegas. (laughs) It's really a lot like Fallout New Vegas, guys. I'm telling you, there's like multiple DLCs where it's like, wow. This really is like Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> if you think about so, it,
1: books were the original DLCs.
0: It's also a little, uh, it reminds me a little of Catherine Dunn's uh, Geek Love, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. books and that we've book. talked about. Yeah. It's really good. It, there's like big like Arturo and like Crake is a very Arturo-esque figure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, that's what's popping for me. Do you Not think anyone
1: has the email address org? Or something like that.
0: I mean, why is it not Margaret org? Margaret at symbol
1: yes. wood.org. Yes. Yeah. Someone must have that, right? I'm going to write that down and email it. <laughs>
0: Great. So you can have it. My name is Brian Weck. This is my business email. <laughs> yes. Didn't you just tell me the other day you've never read a Margaret Atwood book?
1: I did, but then think, think how cool it would be if I had that email address and I could email Margaret Atwood from it.
0: Everyone would know that you're a true ally.
1: That's right. Well, as a real Margaret Atwood fan, we call ourselves Woody's. I think I'm entitled to that email address as, as, a, as a true Woody.
0: <laughs> all right. Nate, what's poppin'? What's poppin'?
2: Uh, well, first of all, there is a high-end cocktail bar that I go to a lot right by me, and they have a cocktail called What's Poppin'?
1: Whoa, what's in it? Please yeah. tell me what's no in it. No
0: fucking way.
2: It's, uh, it was really good. Hold
1: on. Before you tell us, let's guess.
0: Okay, I'm going to guess like champagne base or some other f- form of like bubbly, maybe like a ginger ale. Uh-huh.
2: So so you think that the poppin' is Bubbles.
0: I think I'm going to say the pop in his bubbles and I won't change my answer based on that question. Brian, what do you think?
1: I'm going to guess that. it Yeah. It's pop like soda. So I'm going to guess that it's something like a rum and Coke, something in that kind of wheelhouse.
2: All right. So the pop in comes from popcorn. <gasps> what? They use a popcorn reduction. Whoa. And it's coffee, rum, cocoa, butter, and coconut milk. With a popcorn Wait, reduction.
1: Coffee. Okay, that does rum, sound really good. <laughs> cocoa butter, popcorn reduction and milk? Coconut milk. Coconut milk.
0: So, Nate taught me about what makes a good espresso martini one of the nights we were in the Bahamas. And mm-hmm. I got to taste like his certified espresso martini that he got. And I, I keep thinking about it.
2: At the restaurant that was extremely disappointing and extremely expensive. <laughs> but the one thing oh that they God. nailed was espresso martini. Which It just blew my mind that the meal that I had was awful. It is a restaurant that is well-known, and in fact, I believe the one in L.A. is a place to be seen. Mm. Yes, um, indeed. But uh, the meal I had was so bad.
1: Zanku chicken?
2: Uh, but the- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't bring that Zanku chicken slander in this, in this podcast, <laughs> I love right? Zanku
2: chicken, actually. Sorry, continue. For a dessert, I had a coffee martini, and it was, like, perfect.
0: What makes a
1: good espresso? You have to teach us if you drop this knowledge on, on Layden already.
2: It should be the right ingredients, which, you know, you need vodka, a good coffee liqueur, espresso and simple syrup. And that's it. And when you shake it up, there should be a nice, like, white, perfect head on it. It shouldn't be too sweet. It should have a bit of a texture, like a thickness to it. In so many places, they put like too much Kahlua in it or they completely make up their own idea of what. This place made the perfect, classic espresso martini.
0: It sucks that you got saddled with the bad meal, but the experience of you telling us all to taste it and then all of us trying the live conch afterwards was very memorable from yes. that trip. It was a very beautiful memory.
2: <laughs> so, so that was the meal, by the way, that I had. It was, it, it was conch, which I don't think you can get it in the U.S. I think it's illegal in the U.S. You can only get it in Caribbean islands. That's the only place I've ever had it, yeah. And, and, and the one that I had was cooked and it was way overcooked. It was like rubber. It was like eating a neoprene swimsuit. It was mm. like
0: chewing on a tire, yeah because Ugh. you know, Nate like wordlessly pushed it, and we all tried it, and me and Rahul tried it at the same time, and I think we were just like watching each other's faces like mm.
2: so so out of pure, like fuck them. This place also had sushi, and they had conch as sushi. You can order it as sushi. So I ordered that so people could see what it's supposed to kind of taste like. And you can cook conch, but you cook it for like a second, you know, because you don't want to overcook. It overcooks really quick. So everyone got to try like what raw conch tastes like too.
0: And it was good. It was was really good. And then also there was a guy in the bathroom (laughs) who offered all of the guys Coke when they were.
1: (laughs) Wait, you almost had Coke and conch? (laughs) Now
0: that's a fucking meal. Oh, the locals do call it fried conch uh, crack conch.
2: That is crack conch, yeah.
1: I had like conch fritters when I was yeah, yeah. somewhere in the Caribbean. It was, it was very that's, good.
2: That's yeah. another thing that like you have to do it perfect or else you're going to bite into that fritter. In the mush of it, it's going to be like a super chewy. Yes. Like, like a rubber band is what it's going to be like.
1: Right. Anyway, what's pop? Did
2: you do it say this? Um, I didn't.
0: You just told us about the cocktail, which counts, I think. But
2: I've been watching Dave. Oh, you yeah. Have watched Dave? I have
1: not. I've been meaning to.
2: I really like that show. It's very honest. It's hilarious. He's self-deprecating. I love the characters in it. I think it's just a really well-done show. There's been a lot of shows on FX that I feel like are home runs. Yeah. And I think Dave is definitely one of them. He's
1: great. His music is really good. I mean, a true like crossover act who started with like comedy music, but then we got like... Legit rappers, like, to do stuff with them and crushing it. Great music, like, very funny stuff.
2: If there's somebody who doesn't like this show, I would like to know why. Just to hear their opinion on it, because I think it's awesome. Sick. Brian, Great.
0: what's popping?
1: Jim Roach, producer, friend. Uh, I should think of a third thing. Um, producer, friend, mentor even recommended a song to me. He's like, you got to check out this song. And it is a comedy music song. Speaking of old Dickie called vaping in Vegas by a (laughs) band called wolves of Glendale. And (laughs) it is very funny. It's a very like eighties synthy kind of sound. You know, I have pretty high standards when it comes to comedy music as a purveyor of such things. And it's a really fun song. And you go on a little journey with it. I love the sound. There's solos in it. I think it's great. So check out wow. Vapin' and Vegas. I guess they, they have some relationship with Tenacious D and open for Tenacious D on some shows. I don't know exactly the deal, but I really, really like this one song. And I haven't listened to too much else.
0: Wolves of Glendale is just an incredible name. It's a great name. name.
1: So yeah, Vaping and Vegas by Wolves of Glendale. All right. I think we should do, for time reasons, one peach each today in Peaches and Lemons. What do you think?
0: I agree. I agree. So today, modified version, because we're running short on time. It's time for our final segment of three, uh, which is usually Peaches and Lemons, but this week is one peach each. And we'll Mm. Uh. eat. Cancel me, daddy. Brian, I'm going to take your ally card away from you. I know you were two stamps away from a free sandwich, but I'm repossessing it. In okay. the name of women That's- everywhere. Because <laughs> I have the authority to do that.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I think you were saying something maybe.
0: <clears throat> it's time for one peach each. Please play the theme song for one peach each.
1: That we add in post, but it sounds like this. <laughs> <sighs> you
2: cancel me, dad. It's going to be stuck in my head.
1: Now, I, I, do, I do feel like it's important to say something for the record here, which this is actually the only time on the show I've ever played a theme song over and over and over and over again. So I did just want to put that out there in case you think that's a regular response. Gaslight, Gatekeep,
0: okay. Curl Boss. Are we also going to do a lemon?
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say <laughs> Gaslight, Gatekeep, Cancel Me Daddy. Which, <laughs> uh, we can do, yeah, why don't we do quick lemons and then one okay. piece each.
0: Yeah. I have a good one. Great. My lemon is that I don't know what it is, but my allergies have been so bad this spring. Hmm. And I had to take a Benadryl today because I ran out of my non drowsy allergy meds. Oh. And I feel like there is no nap nastier than a Benadryl now. It's awful.
1: It's awful. You get that very like, bad. That fucking yeah. groggy hangover. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's my lemon.
1: Great. I can go for a lemon without going into too many specifics. We're dealing with child friend drama at school. Oh, no. I hate it. You know, we get obviously one side of the story and you can never tell what's going on. But it's just like you kind of want to, as the dad or, or as a parent, step in and be like, what are you doing to my daughter? But you also have to let kids work this shit out by themselves. And so it's like threading this line of like, let her deal with it. But also, if it gets bad enough, I feel like we should talk to someone. But also, like the stories I'm hearing. Now look, I love my daughter. She does have a tendency to maybe be a little self-righteous sometimes. It's fine. Gee, I wonder where she gets that from. We learn humility. Sorry, (laughs) I just have to click this. Told me, Daddy. So we all have to learn humility at some point, point. Um, and I'm sure she will. But the stuff I'm hearing, I don't like. It's not awful, but it's not great, and it's hard to see your kid go through stuff.
2: That's
0: yes. Name. Nate, what about
2: you? My lemon would be uh, so. My cat, Murderface. He, um, <laughs> <laughs> all time great cat, cat name. Yeah, yes, uh, Um, We recently lost our other cat, unexpectedly, a few weeks before Creator Clash. Yeah, I'm sorry. So Murderface, for really the first time in his life, has kind of been alone right now. Um, One, because we haven't been ready to get another cat. And two, our animals usually find us. We don't usually go and look for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But this might be a case where we're going to have to go get one, because Murderface has been ripping up the front door, because he's I guess he's alone and he gets anxious. He's completely ripped out anything he could reach as far as weather stripping. Mm-hmm. And then the trim around the door, like the decorative trim, he's just scratched oh. it all up. Oh, no. um, and, and he didn't really do that before. So, I so think begins a sign that he needs to get a buddy. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be looking for a, a new buddy for him soon. Yeah. That's my one. Yeah. Cause now I'm going to like redo the trim and put in a new, you know, Ugh. the old weather shipping and all that.
1: Such a pain in the ass.
2: Yeah. A
0: oh, murder face. Well, he's a good kitty. face. Yeah. He's
2: just, get a little anxiety right now, I think. Yeah.
0: Man, it's dumb that other animals besides humans can get anxiety. It is. Yeah, just the idea that you can put a a cat or a dog on Prozac really depresses (laughs) me. Yes, totally. I say as somebody who's been on antidepressants for a very long time, uh, it's like maybe you don't know what money is or what the world is. You don't know what the internet is. And yet still you are sitting here barking.
2: I think it's mostly just kind of as an animal, like finding their need. And I think like faces need is he needs to have other cats. So
1: right. Yeah, he needs a buddy. I think often about how animals and kids, when it comes to like expressing their desire for something, have nothing to lose. And they are willing to just be like, ah, 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 ah. Because it's not like they have somewhere else to be. They'll just stand there and scream at you. All day until you give it to them. Because it's (laughs) like, what else are they going to fucking do? Yeah. Yeah. There's no downside.
0: Okay, great. Amazing. That's all our lemons. And now we're going to do one peach each. Brian, I think you and I have the same peach. So I'm going to bundle my peach into your peach. And I'll go with my most minor other peach, okay, which is great. that I, I really enjoy Slim Jims. I love my disgusting little tubes of meat. Yep. And I got embarrassed buying them at the gas station. And so oh, I ordered it. That's the best place. I bought a display <laughs> of Slim Jims that I've just been that slowly is working amazing. through.
2: amazing. Do you ever get the uh, Tabasco Slim Jims?
0: I'm already like cutting it close with Slim Jims and acid reflux because it's the exact kind of oh. thing that'll like yeah. fuck
1: don't, up. Don't chew. That's my advice. Just get them, push them down.
0: I would like to eat the spicier ones, but I, I, in my experience, having eaten spicier ones, they mess me up. Are the Tabasco ones really good?
2: I love them. It's got that like vinegary, spicy taste oh. to it.
1: What is it about gas stations and processed meat? It's like <laughs> it's two sides of the same coin, you know. Like it's just yeah. it's the place to be.
0: I love when you get down to one of the ends of the Slim Jim and you just have that nasty little meat cylinder. Mm. <laughs> it's like your final bite and it's whatever the weird casing is. Like, it's, it's
2: a little bit harder.
0: Yeah.
1: Have I talked about this on the show? I used to have a Slim Jim like every night growing up. Really? Have I ever mentioned this? Yes. Like Slim Jim and a glass of warm milk.
0: Oh. Wow. Cancel him. Cancel him. Yeah. Daddy.
1: <laughs> Hold on. I um, just have to click something real quick.
0: I swear to god, if you play the fucking what's poppin' theme song.
1: <laughs> so I'm not clicking anything. <sighs> I would never do that.
0: Okay. So so that was my peach, but my real peach is what Brian will probably talk about. Let's
1: skip me for I'll okay. come back to me. I'll I'll close it out. Nate, why don't you hit us with a peach real
2: quick? All right. You can call me James because this peach is giant. <laughs>
1: hey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Has anybody said that on here before?
1: No, they haven't. But that's a reference to Roll Dahl, famous cool guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the Florida Panthers, for the first time since 1996, are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. And that is a huge deal for me because I am a huge Panthers fan. I have been since they first became a team in 1993. And I'm just so excited about it. I didn't think they'd get this far. No one thought they'd get this far. But here we are.
1: Can I ask you a follow-up question? Sure. What sport is that?
0: <laughs> that was going to be my exact question. I have no idea. Yeah,
2: it is hockey. Hockey. Okay, great. Oh. Yes. Florida has two hockey teams, but... What's the other one? The Tampa Bay Lightning, and they play at where the uh, boxing match was.
1: Oh, yes. Of course. Oh. creator clash, yes.
2: I am a huge Florida Panthers fan, and uh, they've made it this far for the first time since 1996. That's awesome. So... I'm very stoked about that. It must oh, be a yeah. special
1: thing for a franchise when it's like their first time getting that far, right? Yes,
2: yes. yeah. And especially like South Florida sports as a whole, we get shafted by the owners of these teams. And, and then they wonder why no one shows up to the games is because, you know, the way that they run these teams. But finally, we have somebody who cares putting some effort into growing a fan base and a, and a franchise down here, so.
1: What are the the South Florida teams, the Buccaneers,
2: that's Tampa. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes. a football team. And then team. there's the Heat. Miami Heat, which also, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were both eighth seed teams, by the way, which means they were the last team to make it into the playoffs. And they both wiped out the first place team.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. So,
2: um The Heat are also in their last round of playoffs before the championship. Crazy. Yeah, the Miami Heat, yeah, the Miami Marlins, it's a baseball team. Where are the
1: Dolphins? Is, they, their is football that
2: a, their that's football. That's in Miami. Team. The Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Tampa Bay Rays, which is baseball. Oh, right. Yes, okay. Yeah. And then the Orlando Magic, which you can- Right. Like, Orlando's really the cutoff of South Florida to North Florida. Yeah.
1: Well, congratulations. Thank um, you. I effort. earned it. I, uh, yes, I can You doubt. know, I
2: was out there, you know, throwing people around on the ice and- Yeah.
1: <laughs> oof. Are there Panthers local? Like, what's the connection to Panthers?
2: So, we have the Florida Panther.
1: Oh, really? That's an actual animal,
2: which is an incredibly endangered species. I want to say, back in the '90s, there was 20 of them left.: Oh my God. And now there's somewhere between like 200.: That's and like
1: barely enough for a hockey team.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's somewhere between 200 and 300 now. Wow, That's due great. to conservation, and we have white-tailed deer here, mm-hmm. and they are the number one cause of death of white-tailed deer. Which wow, is a great good season sign. for the Panthers. <laughs> that's a, that's a weird metric to measure like a how a species is thriving, but yeah, yeah, we have a million deer. So,
1: but that's a natural predator originally right. of the exactly. deer, so that's a good thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we do have panthers walking around in South Florida. They're pretty rare if you ever see one, but
1: that's cool. I had no idea. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, these conservation stories where they're like, and now there's thousands or whatever. It's so great to see these populations yeah. come back, like condors in California, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, I'll close this off with uh, with my peach here, which is also a, a joint peach with my co-host, Layton. Uh So on Friday, Audrey's school had a, a day they called Grandparents and Special Friends Day. And because Audrey's one grandparent does not live locally, lives in Minnesota... I asked Leighton if she wanted to come to Special Friends Day and be Audrey's special friend at oh, school. Oh, man.
0: I got to be the special friend. It was great. And
1: Layton was kind enough to say yes. And we came to the school. You saw a little presentation. We sat at a table with a bunch of old people. Layton was at least 40 years the junior of everybody <laughs> except me sitting at the table. By the way, I wanted to talk to you about this. The couple sitting to my right kind of had mm-hmm. a bad energy to them. I thought they were a little aggressive. Did you pick up on that too? No. Okay.
0: The lady struck me as very similar to a lot of older women I knew in North Carolina where it's mm-hmm. like, maybe maybe I'm just so used to the aggressive older person energy that I just didn't clock it, but I see it. I see it. There
1: was a little bit of, I would say something and she'd be like, actually, I think that's bad. I was like, What? You know,
0: you were doing a perfectly reasonable like normie conversation to the point that I was surprised at how normie you were being. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I, di- I dialed it back.
0: But meanwhile, on yes. my side, two cool older oh, ladies, yes. one of whom had you a had tiny chihuahua named Benito. Benito. And I got to hold him because <laughs> I asked if I could pet him and she just gave him to me. And so yeah. I just held him <laughs> for a
2: while. Oh, Benito. Yes.
1: Oh, Benito was awesome. Uh, and you got to see the school a little bit and did an art I project. Did. And then so that was great unto itself.
0: Sorry, I just I need to the yes, two please, important please, things please, about please, the art please. project. A did not mean to clown that hard on a bunch of eight-year-olds. Um, it was
1: amazing, honestly. Thank so, you. But
0: <laughs> the only time that Audrey has ever acknowledged that I'm a game developer is when she was going around introducing me to people and being like, oh, "This yes. is Layton. She's a game designer." <laughs> just like you've been yep. told this and ignored this information for literal years. years, years, years.
1: Until right now. <laughs> When it gives you some cachet, then you're going to drop this bomb on people.
0: I did a little Zelda painting because we were talking about Zelda. And so she was running around showing everybody, and it was like
1: dining out on Leighton's talent. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is, you know, it's classic kid thing. Like, you know, my mom works. Blah blah blah. you know, that sort of yeah. thing. Cause kids have zero accomplishments, right? So you have to <laughs> tell other people about, you know, the accomplishments of people, you know, or are related to.
0: Well, yeah, it's like my self-esteem is toilet water, but a bunch of eight-year-olds being like, whoa, they were legitimately
1: blown. They all gathered around. So you, you what, yeah, what painting cute. did you do? Do you want to say, did you say mm-hmm. it already?
0: So this is on Zelda release day. And so Audrey painted a little robot from the new game and I painted Zelda. So we were both doing our little Tears of the Kingdom fan art yes. in there. And
1: Layden annihilated the kids in this room. Annihilated them. Yeah, fuck them, them kids. <laughs> <laughs> Although what was funny is Audrey's teacher did play play like an art video about like how to paint something. And then, you know, yeah. that was one option. You could just do it. But Audrey and Layden did did their own thing. And then... Because it was a half day that day because of that thing. We came back to my place and watched Audrey play Tears of the Kingdom for the first time. And she was very excited.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> very excited. By the way, not to make a promise I can't keep, but I believe Audrey and I are going to do a Let's Play for Tears of the Kingdom.
0: I think. Whoa. I asked her
1: if she wanted to do it, and she said yes. So
0: I would love to see that.
1: I think we're going to do it.
0: I have to send this to you because I took a video of you taking a video of her going through that first little like opening thing. Yes. And my phone spat out a GIF and the GIF is just her holding Switch controllers, chittering uncontrollably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's really fun. It was yeah, a beautiful thing to see. she was very excited. And, and then, then we and went he- out for conveyor belt sushi for lunch. Oh, nice. And uh, within 10 minutes of being there, Audrey <laughs> dumped a lemonade on Layton. <laughs> And, and also,
0: she spilled a cup of paint water on me while we were doing the painting thing. Which I didn't so know. So this was the second. Wow. <laughs> yes. It's fine. It went on me and not her laptop. And I was wearing Adidas's ultra-absorbent tracksuit. So mm. I, when I got home, my legs were incredibly sticky. <laughs> like, I was soaked yes. from the knees down <laughs> in lemonade, but...
2: Lemonade and paint water. Yeah. Yes, indeed.
1: But as I said, it was despite the spills, which are kind of just part and parcel of being with a child... It was a lovely day and we really appreciated you being there. And we had such a great time. And Audrey was like, she was just thrilled to show off her school.
0: It was wonderful. And then I went home and I slept for five hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, we had to get to our place pretty early because it was a school uh, event. It wasn't
0: even that it was that early. It's just, it was a lot of stimulation for me. Yes. Well, and then Audrey
1: and I decided to dial back the stimulation by going to round one in Burbank (laughs) to play, you know, it's like a big game arcade. Yeah. And so we uh, uh, went and played rhythm games and she can't play Dance Dance Revolution because she's too tiny and, you know, she's a little too light and too short. And so, like, she's like, the sensors aren't reading my feet because I'm too small, which I'm not 100 percent sure is true. But you do have to stomp
0: it really hard when you're a kid.
1: I mean, normally she's pretty good at that. So anyway, we had an awesome morning with you and then a great rest of the day. She played Zelda with, with this new Zelda game every Five minutes. Daddy, you got you know, you get there's a robot in the robot. You know, like she's running into the room constantly to show me the stuff she's discovering. It's so great. It's, you know, what I told Rachel is on that day, pretty much that whole weekend, I don't care about screen time. You're only eight years old when a new Zelda game comes out once. Fuck it. <laughs> Let her have a great time, time for life, and you know, and and be part of this like really fun thing. She's like the perfect age for this thing to drop. She was excited about it. Especially a
0: Zelda game where you can make a car.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed.
0: Which me, I'm the type of player that's like, I don't like that they're assuming that I want to make a car because I don't want to make a car. I just Mm want to run around.
1: She was making shit like right away and showing me off the stuff she was making. It was so great.
0: I'm very curious because I have been getting stuck or getting pissed off because I keep getting one-shotted and also the controls for the 3D stuff as somebody who is now a 3D artist Mm -hmm. are like, this is painful.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll let you know, since I haven't even booted it up yet, I, I'm Please. in the middle of my second Elden Ring playthrough. And I'll let you know when I start, but I might do it with Audrey and record it.
2: Okay, cool. And maybe I should start playing that, figure it out. Yeah, You
1: should. You should. We can it's talk fun. about it on our Discord. Okay.
0: It's really cute when you have a bunch of, you know, gamer friends on your Switch because you get on at night to play Tears of the Kingdom. And then every five seconds, it's somebody like logging yep. on to also play Tears of the Kingdom. It's really cute.
1: Yeah. Dude, Nate, thank you for being here. It's just great to talk to you.
0: Yeah. Just hearing your voice again is good on my brain and I wish I could give you a hug. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I love being here. I love doing this. Anytime I get to hang out with you guys, it just makes life better for me. So Yeah.
1: Same. Totally. This is is the best. As Leighton said, I think before we started recording, this is now a thinly veiled excuse to hang out with friends. So success.
0: Awesome. Did it. So it's the end of the show. Normally we do some kind of sign off. Another podcast that I listen to does this, and it's so craven that I want to steal it. Please Great. give us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. It's true. You know what? It does help. If you help. like the show,
1: it really helps us out in looking legitimate. What we should do is wait for our guests to do it, like watch them do it so we know we get one more five-star rating every time. That would be the ultimate dickbag.
0: The person who commented on your Instagram post with that really sweet thing, I really wanted to comment back and be like, can you please copy paste this <laughs>
1: Actually, I, w- I want to read this this comment because I really, really loved it.
0: It was almost one of my peaches.
1: Yes. You can look at my Instagram on uh, my latest post about the Dan Olsen episode from last week. This person said, I cannot stress enough that late night is the perfect mix of niche interest exploration, heartless, oh, sorry, heartless, heartfelt, <laughs> heartfelt, wholesome adult conversation <laughs> and shitpost. I unironically think it rules floor to ceiling. and I loved every episode. And my response to that was I was like, oh my God, that's literally exactly what we're trying to be. Like, nailed it, nailed it to a T. That's what I want. Part shitpost, part honesty, part, hey, let's find out more about this thing that's interesting. Best compliment I've ever received about the show, hands down, for sure.
2: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: So yeah, I don't know if you listen to this show. If you like it, there's also like a rating thing on Spotify. Tell your friends. I, I can't help but say that and think about the season where Arrested Development was getting canceled, and it's Ron Howard as the narrator in the finale oh, yes. saying, "Please tell your friends about this show."
1: Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um,
0: all right, cool. Another episode in the bag. Maybe. Do you have anything to say after? Yeah, put her, up, to the, yeah, can, put her up. Put her up to can, the mic,
1: can, real quick. Well, wow. bye, everybody. All right. See ya. Bye, guys. Late Night is produced by Brian Wett, Layton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Layton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at LaytonNight at gmail.com.